This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. So called My Old Man. Strike is deflected. Equaliser for Aston Villa. Josh Onema, the 20-year-old on loan from Tottenham. Gets his side back on level terms, just four minutes after falling behind. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me, I like to think of him as the Ramsey Bolton of uh, the Villa Universe, <laughs> Dan Rogers of the VillaUnderground.com. Welcome, Dan. How are you? Very well. On this glorious season that we're advancing into, there's cricket, there's Conor McGregor, there's Game of Thrones, and there's Aston Villa. What more do you need in your life? Yeah, we we were actually at the cricket together, but in different stands. Never Separately. Saw, ne- never saw you. This is the England-West Indies test at Edgebaston, which... Wasn't a test. Not really, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wasn't much of a test when all the West Indian fielders had their hands in their pockets for most of the game. <laughs> Did you uh, bother watching the McGregor fight since you mentioned it? I didn't wait up for it. I've, I've reached that stage of life now where I go, I'll, I'll watch the extended highlights on Twitter in the, the following morning. That becomes the acceptable... Uh, after all the furore, I thought... Yeah. No, I mean, I'm a boxing fan, but I, I just... I saw that more as like some kind of a curiosity event rather than an actual sporting uh, contest. Nah. You mentioned Game of Thrones, and we've only got to wait... Was it like two years now? And I'm hoping <laughs> that Villa will be in the Premier League by the next season of Game of Thrones. Uh-uh. Uh, we'll have won the Champions League by then. It has been prophesied by the owner. <laughs> no, not even Jesus can help us. If mm. Villa aren't in the Premier League in two years' time, this podcast will turn into a Game of Thrones podcast because yes. we'll get hundreds of thousands of listeners. Uh, finally. Finally. It's, it's, it's the quickest route we can get that kind of volume of listeners that we want. Now it's time for Twitter with Tony. August 20th. 
My PhD degree is Doctor of Design in Urban Planning, not the doctor in the hospital. August 25th. Felt soured last season, Bristol away game. Much better today though, we'd even better at September will be crucial for us. August 31st. Though there's many things not we like, especially for people educated overseas, you still love your own country and learn to enjoy the life. August 31st. I don't want to say something hypocritical to make someone happy. It's no value to say some truth and offend someone. Keep quiet and working hard. August 31st. People said to us using financial fair play as excuses, bollocks. Even we did well to balance, still not far from red line, though we did do well this window. Hashtag UTV. Three points. The three points that start the show. First yes. of all, uh, it's made me laugh, actually. After Dr. Tony had said that Mr. Robert Snodgrass wasn't on our radar. Jerkinalists. Fast forward a couple of weeks, uh, he's a Villa player. Shock horror. Wasn't on our radar, but he's in our squad. <laughs> The way Villa are doing this is obviously with the old financial fair play, if you can loan a player and you're just paying his wages, you're effectively spreading the cost. Mm. The rumours are that we're paying 70% of his wages. I don't I don't know. I mean, would, would West Ham let him go for that? I mean, he's allegedly on around 60, 60K a week or, or more yeah. than that. So we're paying about 45, I think, if that's true. Yeah, I think but, that's an astonishing amount of money, first of all. For I mean, Robert Snodgrass ultimately doesn't pick his own. I suppose he does pick his own wages, but it's for people to pay him. And I, it, was, it was a transfer that passed me by that to go to West Ham for ten million quid and then be shipped out after just fifteen games. Yeah, because he was like, it was kind of a Payet, a desperate yeah, kind of uh, Dimitri yeah. Payet replacement, and he's left-footed, but he didn't want to play on the left side where uh, Payet kind of uh, mm. operated in, and so there's friction there because he wanted to be played in his best position, which mm. uh, according to mm. I mean we'll we'll talk about him in uh, we're recording another podcast after this one uh, listener question and answers and somebody's asked about that anyway number two when you look at the five fixtures we've played this season and uh, match them up to the corresponding fixtures of last season and obviously replace the teams that got promoted and relegated with each other in their corresponding positions so Newcastle become Hull we're actually down two points yay not much uh, what you could call progress overall when you take those five games in isolation no I think we, what we have to do is, is I suppose not focus too much on those terrible opening two games and we need to find our trajectory well the, the, sorry the, the opening two away games because we, we drew against Hull in the yeah, first yeah. game um, the opening two away games are just taking Bristol to, and we'll get to the three games uh, since we last had a podcast in, in a moment but I think in, in over the 90 minutes, like that was a game we'd have lost last season. Um, in the here and now, as we stand, I think that two or three weeks ago, I think we'd have lost that game. Yeah. So in my head, I see progress. I, you know, we're not in a great place. We're not in the best position, and nor the position I think that we should be in for the investment that we've had either. Yeah. But I do think that the trajectory is right. Point number three is Cardiff, 100%. Oh. 
five wins out of five when we spoke about Neil Warnock uh, recently, obviously after we played them. And this comparison where Warnock and Bruce took over their clubs, uh, Cardiff and mm. Villa respectively, at, in the same week. And now mm. Warnock is overall, since they started, is 12 points up and 10 of those points of this season. Do you reckon they'll sustain that? I don't know. I think he's he's got a team that he's got them organised now, mm. and they're and they're set up. You know, they can break on the counter. They're they're effective going forward, as as we saw. They've got the spirit. I mean, he he knows how to get players playing, and I think uh, he's definitely he's not messing around. I mean, you you kind of said, oh, they'll uh, lose as many as they win. I think on the last mm. show, I think he's definitely uh, planning for playoffs at least. He's look he's he's looking for promotion. I think because we you know you got to remember yeah. that old Vincent Tan he he sees this club as a Premier League team because obviously. Uh, they've been He's in the bombing. Premier League. They've been in the in the <laughs> Premier League under his guidance already. So uh, I mean, they're ultimately that's where they want to be. The only thing I'd say is I saw some extended highlights of Cardiff and Wolves's game, and I thought that they were fortunate to be honest, Cardiff, and there were some shocking refereeing decisions in that game yeah. as well. So you know, I don't see them as like the Brighton or the Newcastle. That that's really my my point. That I go, well, actually, yeah, they're a decent footballing team. Or, yeah. I can see having having seen them play against us. I, I thought they were organised and they were they were um, effective. Effective is the word. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I'd, I'd be surprised if they don't. If they finish outside the top ten, put it that way. Okay. I think they could. They could threaten uh, the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I don't think they'd probably sustain uh, first position or automatic. But at the moment, there's no outstanding candidates have put their hands up yet for uh, automatic promotion. So uh, we'll, absolutely we'll see. not. No, that's that's very true. That's why Villa still got a chance. Yes. Right. Let's uh, move on to the Norwich game. We needed a reaction. I mean, first of all, it's people calling for his head before this game kicked off. I mean, it got pretty... Uh, toxic, didn't it, really? Pretty toxic after mm. a matter of three games. And people saying he's a dead man walking and all these ridiculous, silly comments after mm. three games. I mm. mean, the reality is there's no way the Villa board are going to sack him after three mm. games. So all this... But this is typical kind of reactionary Twitter... I mean, on my my survey, the my old man said survey that I've done so far, only two point one percent are Bruce out assessing uh, what they thought of Steve Bruce. And if you looked at Twitter, it was almost like it was ninety percent Bruce out. Twitter, as you know, is is the sort of domain that I I lurk in the darkest corners of really. And- the interesting thing about Bruce's the furore around that was building around him prior to the Norwich game was was almost risk of isolating myself here. So certain uh, popular Villa blogs and Twitter feeds self-validating one another's belief that he should be sacked immediately. And and actually, when you separated them out and you looked at some of the general conversation and rational discussion going on amongst Villa fans, yeah, it, it was saying all the things that I think. That if you, you strip away all of the the bullshit modern footballisms, that you know you, can, you could really only gauge it over six to ten games. I think we've seen improvements since, and I think in the Norwich team, though, I do think that some of Bruce's selections and tactical decisions, his hands were forced because of injuries, etc. I mean, the the key one was obviously Davis playing up at top, which was yeah, uh, yeah, which yeah. was a complete revelation. Huge, but I mean, we we've sat there uh, watching under twenty three games. Mm-hmm. Saying this guy's a schmuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, or words words to that effect. We put it this way: we weren't. He didn't stand out as anybody special. He, he, but, didn't, he didn't. But against know. Norwich, I thought this is one of the best debuts I've seen, and especially from a, a nineteen-year-old. We got a glimpse, didn't we, last season? About forty-five minutes of of Davis, where you thought, hmm, he's got something. Yeah. But the Norwich fixture was a a commanding display of. Uh, do you know what it reminded me of? It, it wasn't a Benteke-esque performance. And I don't want to 
you know, you don't want to pigeonhole players very early on. But it looked like the kind of performance who someone who'd watched Benteke and who yeah, was yeah. trying to do, particularly some of the hold-up play and the quick releasing and the strength and because um, that first moment yeah, that uh, you kind of your ears pricked up was I think he had two men on him somebody played a ball mm. and he, he kind mm. of dispossessed one of them and then he beat them both yes. and then suddenly he powered through with his pace and he was one on one I mean mm-hmm. his finish uh, was a bit lacking he'd probably surprised to uh, be there but mm. the fact that he made that chance out of nothing that was Benteke-esque yeah. strength and power it was it was great and, and it was nice to have a I think in the, especially in the opening period as well he had two or three opportunities I think if, if you were to fast forward and there was a more senior player you'd say he probably should have took a couple of them yeah. but there was little things like you know you're thinking bloody hell he's had, he's had four or five chances or he's been involved in four or five moves you know things like crashing the bar yeah. absolute bloody nuisance and the, the Norwich's defence could not deal with him and that was that was revelatory and for me no <laughs> as, as anyone who listens to this or reads my blog will know no fan of Gabby everything that Gabby doesn't deliver that kid came on and said you know what, if I'm fit, I've got to be ahead of Gabby in the pecking order now. Well, he he, he did a few things that Codger doesn't do. I mean, the, he did. Horan's he first did. goal where he laid it off for him. Uh, I'm sorry, superb. but, but Codger yeah. would have shot from there. It would have gone into the side netting. or <laughs> No, I'd have caught keep... it in the lower hold. <laughs> so I chested it and then trapped it. Uh, yeah, or, or, you know, or the keeper would have <laughs> saved it. I mean, it wasn't an angle for scoring. But uh, that gives Bruce, a, I mean, a big dilemma. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're playing two up top, I, I would be tempted to go with Davis and uh, Hogan. I also think it gave me a huge dilemma because I'm I'm pretty confident we'd have probably had a loney signing. Either is it was it Gallagher who was mooted? Yeah, for, who, who did he end up at the Blues? Well, he suddenly he suddenly was you know he was on on everyone's in the no lists, wasn't he? And then suddenly he was on the other side of Birmingham, wasn't he? Because I think Davis had absolutely. I mean, you don't know what happens at clubs like Villa where word gets around, doesn't it? They might be looking at bringing in a loan signing. He gets his chance, thinks, bugger this, I'm going to, yeah. you know, kitchen sink this this afternoon if given the chance and, and good on him, actually. I mean, that's the first thing I thought was, however real this interest is in Gallagher, fuck him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why develop, why develop and, and, another club's... And, and by the way, we can, sell, we can sell Codger as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred million dollars in today's market, yeah. but no, Davis very impressed and uh, against. I mean, he got to start again. I think it was touch and go in terms of uh, if he was fit enough for the Bristol game. But uh, you know, against Bristol again, he was uh, he was all right. Mm. But the biggest news of uh, the Norwich game, uh, wasn't there? It wasn't the Hurahan hat trick, which I think was pretty much down to Davis. A lot of it. No way Hurahan scores a hat trick without Davis's overall contribution. But the main thing was, and Andre Green found his final touch. It's a lovely goal, wasn't it? After I pointed out that everything he does, the last touch never seems to work, but that was a beauty to uh, get the ball rolling. Oh, it was fantastic, and it deserved the plaudits that it got, really. it was. Uh, he was fantastic, and... Um... That's the the bit of green where you think when he, he struggles to find that consistency in a game and he maybe repeats the same errors. But when it clicks for him, that's when you start to begin to think, wow, we've, we've, there's a real, really good footballer in here. And he's, and he's only 19. Because I think we, we need him to make a, a decent contribution mm. if we're going to get promoted this season, I think. Because it doesn't look like there's going to be anybody really coming in uh, on the on the left-hand side. Well, that, that's a very good point with the left hand. We've, we've got very few options. And it's a position that he can absolutely make his own. You, wor- you worry about competition, though, don't you? That yeah, he, could, he could easily find himself on the team sheet by default. But to be fair to the guy, he's, he's 
got backs of talent and yeah, um, I, don't, I don't, I don't think he because of his age and he's mm. the novelty factor. He, he, will, I mean, he's not going to slack off this season. No. He'll be, he'll be trying his utmost. He's no, not going to get comfortable. I also think he links up very well with Taylor personally, but you know, I think there's there's a nice combination there of it. it's not too complicated. Taylor sort of looks can get forward, but looks after the the defensive bit and a bit more traditional, which is how I like it. Yeah. Um, that the the attacking midfielder sees to that bit, and there's no overlapping, not necessarily no unnecessary overlap. Yeah, I mean the, there should be a, some overlapping, but uh, yeah, Taylor's a bit more. Uh, let's say is is not bombing down the no, line uh, no. recklessly and leaving no. leaving us let's say short on numbers at the back. Um, uh, Nor- Norwich obviously haven't had the greatest start. I mean, they're mm-hmm. in the relegation zone at the moment, uh, and this is obviously Villa's only win. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about the whole, the fact that they, I mean, they had 63% of possession in that game? I wasn't very impressed with them, I have to admit. Um, is it a case of possession for the sake of it? Because I think that's what Norwich fans are saying dates back to, you know, the Villa Lambert. Uh, I was just about to say, it was frighteningly similar football. Yeah, where we just passed it sideways and backwards and uh, when Lambert tried the possession game, uh, mm. I think it's pretty much what's happening at Norwich at the moment. Well, they scored their two goals and never looked like winning, did they? And that, that was... Yeah, I wasn't. They, they they never built up a head of steam. It was a bit of a bizarre thing because the, the the narrative online and also through some of the I heard a few Norwich fans on on phone-ins was that they've turned some sort of corner as well. And I thought they look very very lacklustre for me. From the Norwich side of thing, I, I think the, their uh, narrative at the moment is a team in transition, which mm. has mm. obviously been our constant That's narrative. That's a dangerous for, narrative. It is, isn't it? <laughs> My experience. Negatron alert! No signings on deadline day emergency! Get new owner! Get new owner! Moving on to the Wigan game, uh, that could have gone any which way. I think Wigan also uh, rested a few players, but... Mm. uh, I, I knew, obviously, with the, the Friday game coming up mm. against Bristol that Bruce was going to change a lot of players, and he, and he changed everybody. I really enjoyed this football game. Yeah. And I didn't expect to. I took my, my free season ticket card or... You know, entry or whatever the hell it was. I thought we played really, really well, and I have to say, I was impressed. Impressed by. I thought Delat was good. I like. I like the switcheroo with Bree at centre half and left back across the two halves. Yeah, we we conceded a silly goal. Yeah. I thought that the young kids. I thought Clark at fullback was really interesting. Doyle Hayes. Pff, and I got I got bags and bags and bags of stick on Twitter and on my blog for this for saying that Gardner wasn't particularly impressive or good at all really. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people saw him do one pass and uh, they got excited. Thank but you. I, but the, <laughs> you're I, the one person to defend me. Thank you. But I thought the consensus was that was it. That was his contribution, well, that, and, and a load of other people slagged him off. Well, that was that was my view, and I, I, I think there's an assumption, and this is the binary nature of Twitter, isn't it? Word reviews before binary. That I don't hate Gardner. I just don't think he's nearly good enough for where we want to be. And no, I mean, I've, I, I gave him so many chances because mm. when you saw him, uh, I mean, going back a few years now, when mm. in the next gen, and he was, he'd be scoring a an amazing hat trick against Ajax, where yeah, there was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a header, there was a great free kick from about mm. thirty yards, and then a finish which was like this guy. You know, this is well, one comparison used to be. Hopefully, this is uh, Villa's Steven Gerrard, but mm. I mean, he got a lot of injuries, but. Then then when he started to get in the team, it was almost like he was just happy to be in the team and he wasn't really making any contribution to make that team better. Well, let's take that word contribution. I think that in the confines of the Wigan game, that, that Doyle Hayes, a complete unknown, 
very young, inexperienced at senior level. Couldn't take your eyes off him. He was everywhere. And yeah. his contribution in terms of being disruptive, creativity, releasing the ball in a forward direction quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Gardner, for me, cut a... People said, oh, he ran everywhere. He covered every blade of grass. Well, so did Bjarnason on the night. Bjarnason ran around a lot. Yeah. But he didn't... It, it's about how effective you are. How, you know, what is your contribution to the, to the game of football? Now, Bjarnason stuck the ball in the net. Gardner for me, you know, there's two bits for him. I think he had two very, very serious injuries that hampered his development to becoming a top, top pro. No but, getting away from but that. But so did you know Fabian Delft, but he managed yeah, to finally yeah. carve himself a career. It's no excuse, but I, I mean, only only Gardner will know what the impact ultimately has been upon him. But I do, when I see him in the Villa team, I th- how many people go, fantastic Gardner's in the team? And it's not because we don't like him as a person or whatever, yada, yada, yada. He just simply is, he's not elevating us to towards a team that's going to get promoted for me. No, and, and this new wave of players, also including Callum O'Hare, who, who've just come in, you know, essentially this pre-season and mm-hmm. onwards, have overtaken him already. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they're playing without fear. They're not. They're not kind of riddled with that conservatism that a lot of Villa midfielders have had in the in the past few seasons of being scared to make mistakes. Well, they're not scarred, are they? And, and yeah, look at another player who he's not our player, but he's a fantastic footballer. Anoma from Spurs. He, yeah. you know, he he had thirty minutes against uh, Norwich where. He played some absolutely sublime football and he was linking fantastically with Davis before he went off. But you look at the... and uh, uh, Fantastically, that looks to be the type of quality and that technical quality that is coming through the, the Villa Academy finally. That might not be a, uh, I don't know, a credit that's given to Lerner and co, but clearly some investment's gone in historically and it's starting to show through now. And I've been very critical of the Academy, but when I see players like... Um, Clark at fullback, Doyle Hayes, uh, O'Hare, Davis. I can't help but say, do you know what? No, that's really good. That's really positive. Yeah, for the I mean, it's interesting because historically, well, recent uh, historically, Villa's academy was always, you know, always pretty good. Mm-hmm. G- you know, going from youth FA Cup uh, appearances and then the next gen, which was like the icing on the cake, where we could actually mm. say we had one of the best. Well, we could say we had the best academy in uh, in Europe. Yeah, but then the years that followed that. It seemed to just whittle away, and I mean, we we saw a few games last season, and uh, yeah. we thought, oh my, you know, this is uh, it's not a vintage crop. But some of the players that we're talking about were playing in those games, so it's it's. I mean, when it comes to academy players, a season you know can make a big difference. Absolutely. So not. something's something's been happening. Maybe they've been doing steroids over the last <laughs> year or so. <laughs> Creativity steroids or something. Because it's a, it's a massive the, leap. The, the, it was a massive leap, and it was a massive realization. I don't know whether I don't know whether it's a. I walked away from the Wigan game thinking, hang on a minute. Instead of looking at single players and pinning our hopes on it, be it a Grealish, be it a you know a Gardner, like the example yeah. you just gave. You know, <laughs> I don't want to make the comparison too closely, but when Manchester United had huge success through their academy, they came as a crop, didn't they? They didn't come yeah. as ones or twos. They came as a group of players that, you know, plus, have been kicking footballs against... Plus two. Yeah, well, that's how it happens. And, you know, I'd rather have... I suppose Liverpool's problem was that they only really had one or two that came through. Man United had a whole bunch that came through and yeah. and dominated for, for the best part of a decade, didn't they, to, to, to different degrees. As I said at the start of Wales, the Wigan game... 
it can only be a good thing that these players are actually appearing in the first team. And, and a Doyle Hayes, for me, it's only one game. I'm not going to get carried away by, by, by one game. But he stood out head and shoulders, technically. O'Hare, yeah. again, this ghosting around the... The, the D and playing balls across across the full width of the pitch is un- unplayable sometimes for defences and yeah. I think if he with, with experience and uh, you know it was interesting to see McCormack come on for, for 15 minutes and you see it, you know how he's having to try and rehabilitate himself to, to give himself a shout you know well I was going to say because the, the squad list for the Wigan game was leaked uh, before mm. the game uh, and yeah. people were saying oh fake fake oh they spelt Adomar's name wrong it's a fake well okay. actually when we got a new manager in Remy Gard, they, the club spelt his name wrong when they when they did the official announcement. So don't well, let Gerard any... Houllier couldn't couldn't pronounce uh, Abdominahor either, could he? So. <laughs> that leak it was it was a genuine uh, yeah, the squad yeah. was genuine. I think the biggest strange weird thing about it was uh, that Tommy Elphick suddenly appeared out of nowhere. Gardner mm. was mm. also on that team sheet, and McCormack was there as well. And they all you know two of them started. Obviously McCormack came on later on. Mm. Elphick didn't have a fantastic game and it's interesting you look around some of the I do ratings after the games as you, as you know and I thought he looked okay but when he you know the one moment he was really challenged he made a right hash of it and, and risked conceding a goal uh, Gardner I've already spoken about my feelings on Gardner yeah. uh, and McCormack you know it was, again it's a bizarre thing you think well, well what, what are people's agendas the, the Birmingham the Birmingham fail had him down as not having barely touched the ball when he came on I, I saw a man who came on and really tried to work hard for 15-20 minutes you know yeah. he, he looked mightily out of shape don't get me wrong but he came on there were some smart touches you know but over 15 minutes you can't judge a lot either yeah uh, so just in concluding on that game uh, Hogan do you think he's uh, done himself a big favour there because he, he looked more like the player that we actually bought and uh, he had the players I think more on his wavelength as well in terms of the young guys well scored a goal sliding in and, and uh, I have to say that the, the effort from on the turn on the spin on the bounce from the edge of the box finished beyond their goalkeeper was really top drawer and I think that I think that, that will be probably our goal of the season so far yeah absolutely fantastic finish and I suppose the frustration with Hogan has been two parts for me I do think he's had opportunities to you know there's, on three or four occasions I can think of even off the top of my head he's hit the goalkeeper from about six yards and then there's been other occasions where you think what a fantastic run he's making why can't we find him? Um, I do think with players like Hurahan playing more advanced up the pitch, though, we'll see we'll see more from Hogan. I thought it was good that Bjarnason scored because that's that will keep him becoming the official Leandro Bakuna escape <laughs> escape goats, uh, replacement uh, straight Bjarnason, away. Bjarnason, <laughs> I, 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 he, he's, <laughs> he could very easily become that, couldn't he? And because we we need a good scapegoat at the Villa. I felt really sorry for him from day one because he's been all over the pitch on different different jobs, different roles, different positions. Yeah. In the confines of the Wigan game, I thought he played really... He, he didn't start well. Yeah, there was yeah. a few loose passes, yada, yada, yada. But he persisted and was rewarded with, a, rewarded with a goal. And he also had two or three really good opportunities that he perhaps could have done better with. Improving? Would that be how I'd, I'd term Bjarnason? I think people need to almost park a default negative view of him because I think he, he has struggled since he's arrived. There's, there's no two ways about it. I mean, everybody's after instant gratification, but you know, some mm. players do need time to uh, settle in. I mean, I'm more concerned by the uh, double-barrel names of all these youth players. <laughs> Doyle, Hayes, Hepburn, Murphy. I mean, uh, what happened about giving opportunities for working-class kids, not all these posh double-barrel name dudes? Yeah, like Rogers and <laughs> such. Dis- discrimination, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Bristol, I think if we won that, then everybody would be skipping and, and yeah. singing yeah. the praises of Bruce and saying that we're on our way to promotion. I think that was the big reality check because uh, as with Villa, I mean, it reminded me, well, maybe it didn't. Remember under Lambert when we beat Liverpool 3-1 at Anfield? I do, yes. And, and we played them off the pitch and we thought, this is happy days. And the way we <laughs> the way we set up, uh, we thought, right, this is a system, yeah. you know, we can yeah. really go for this. And, you know, we're on our way finally. That was the moment where we thought we had it. And then I think we played Everton in the next game and we weren't, anywhere near as positive and we we seem to play within ourselves and i think we got beat two or three nil i can't remember but basically that derailed the whole lambert revolution straight away <laughs> but you just found yourself thinking why didn't he just play the same way as we did against liverpool and yeah. he'd found a system against uh norwich where he had hurahan playing in his proper role which <laughs> hopefully we bought him for and then suddenly against Bristol, uh, he uses three centre-backs. And uh, it was almost comical in the first, let's say, half an hour or so, where, where our full-backs were, well, wing-backs were pushing up. And every time Bristol, and Bristol were pretty neat in possession. I mean, they played as a proper team going forward. They would just play that diagonal ball to the wing. And uh, whoever they had on the wing, left or right, was uh, further forward than our wing-backs. It was like open season uh, attacking us. And they, you know, they could have buried us by the time we uh, got into the game. I mean, I mean, what did you think of that when uh, they lined up? Because he's that was I, the big smell in preseason. That was the way he was. That was the way he was yeah. going to go. And then suddenly he didn't do it. And then here, here he suddenly finally reveals it as the answer to our away game woes. Well, that's perhaps it, isn't it? I think that there's two parts to it from my point of view. It's the, it's the football is funny in the sense that you think, well, you found a winning formula, but it doesn't necessarily. You can't just plug it into every single game, and and it translates to the to the same thing. Um, on the other hand, with our atrocious, absolutely atrocious away form, I can see why we're set up conservatively. Um, I don't think it's the answer. I don't think it's necessarily right. I thought that you know you can go too conservative and you can invite problems. Well, I think that's that is has been the Villa problem. I, I we are totally setting up agree. too conservatively. Totally We're agree. giving the uh, the initiative to the home team straight away. Mm-hmm. And what have we been doing? Just relying on that kind of counter attack, where we haven't re- we're not we haven't got abundant pace as we have in pre you know previous uh, mm. previous times. I mean, even under Lambert, we were like the top team in the Premier League for counter attacking goals, mm. and then mm. Martin O'Neill you know, basically built his team around the counter-attack. But we don't really have that genuine pace. I mean, Green's good, but we'd have pace on all fronts, both wings and through the middle. We haven't got yeah, that. Yeah, 
I think that's that's where this formation falls down, doesn't it? So we've just yeah, yeah, we've just been relying on codgers, but we're not at Premier League level here. We are playing teams that you look at our squad. We sh- we Homer away. We should just attack these teams. Well, well I was and about play to say on our that, terms. Yeah, I, I think but playing on the front foot is is what I would term it away from home. You know, you don't necessarily need to be as gung ho as you are at home, knowing that yeah, you know, you, you you're on your own patch, but. I think that you look across, particularly our attacking options, as a as a five across the midfield with a striker. You look at the names and how we can hurt play, hurt the opposition. There's there's plenty of options, and it does puzzle me how we can't set up a solid four, back four, and then say, do you know what? We can we can rotate any combination of four or five other players depending upon the opposition. You know, because what I don't think the front runners in the league have necessarily established themselves, but I imagine what would might work at a Bristol City in my head won't necessarily work away at Leeds. You know that sort of. Yeah. That sort of thing. So that's why I think it's a tricky one. Because but these teams should know. be fearing us when we turn up at their patch. Well, that's why five, you know, the, the three at the back thing, mm, it, it doesn't send the right message, does it? I think it's that balance between saying we're going to be solid yeah, and also unnecessarily changing the system so much because we, we need to get a rhythm, don't we? Uh, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I feel. I think it's something yeah. that we've, that's sort of come through from us separately, that a winning rhythm is isn't best set up by changing things constantly either and changing the personnel. And I wonder how much of this was forced by the proximity of the games. I don't know. It's, well, no, I mean, he's, he essentially played the... I mean, let's forget about the Wigan game because it's, mm. it's a different competition, but he played the same team bar Hutton changing mm. for Samba. Mm. And all that needed was Bree to change for Hutton. And uh, same team, same, you know, same setup, just give it another go. Be more positive. I, I suppose that would be the lesson learned off, off Bristol. Yeah. But then you sort of juxtapose it against the fact that we lost there last season, and I do stand by my, my earlier statements, really, that I think that last season we would have definitely lost that game having gone behind, and I think we'd have lost that game in the opening two or three weeks if we'd have gone behind as well. So there's a the thing I noticed against uh, Norwich and Wigan is when the opposition scored, we scored. So yeah. that's, a, that's a significant change for me. Well, I think we've got players now, and, and Omar, who we mentioned earlier on, I mean, he, he's Fantastic somebody, footballer. He, somebody I really dry. think he's a good footballer. He drives us, and yeah, we haven't yeah. had that that kind of dynamo in midfield. He gets the ball at his feet, and the first thing he does is go forward, whether mm. he's passing it forward or he's running with the ball. Mm. And we haven't really had somebody who gets the ball and you know runs with it. Mm. And that's why where you go one nil down, and he's the first thing on his mind is, well, we just conceded a goal. The first thing on his mind is, let's get you know, let's let's answer that. I think the thing about Anoma is as as well that it occurred to me um, when I was watching a bit of Premier League football was that. Last season, we seemed to come up against teams who had a player who was a significant up-and-coming academy or youth player from another Premier League team. Who yeah, they, and you'd they look scored. at and you go, oh, who's he? You know, where the bloody hell's he come from? And then you look, oh, he's not even their player. We didn't seem to have that player for whatever reason. And uh, it, it's um, it's not something I particularly like doing, which is developing other teams' players, because when you look at, you know, we've already talked about your Doyle Hayes and, and whatnot. But in our situation, uh, and actually having seen the kids' talent, it's... Well, yeah, I, I, it's I think only that, to our benefit, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's a bonus. You get him Absolutely. in the season, it's a bonus. Absolutely. I mean, we can sit around waiting for Grealish to do something. and But this this is a player yeah. who contributes and actually gives the team identity. I mean, it, he's a, one of the main drivers about the team, or one of the prime movers, should I say. Absolutely, a very exciting footballer for the future for, you know, Tottenham. We'll talk about Snodgrass in, in another podcast, mm. but uh, I think... 
think that this kind of, uh, let's say, drip feeding of youth will, I think, we'll see more against uh, Middlesbrough in the next round of the Cup. But I, I don't think, you know, Hurahan's battling against Snodgrass. He's battling against, uh, on the right, Snodgrass could be battling against a Domar or Elmo. I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. I... No, but then increasingly it's not going to be easy for the, for the you know, Villa youth players to uh, get much of a sniff. No, um, but as long as Bruce hmm. keeps them involved and they yeah. come on, because there's there's enough spark there for sure to contribute. So, there's enough spark there, and there's enough. I think there's enough fluidity in those peripheral places as well. I, you know, when we talk about the Snodgrasses and the Hurans, and I think in rotation over forty, is it forty six championship games? Yeah, and, and I I do get a feeling the club is pleasing to for my mind got an interest in the league cup i do think that that's got some you know if we can get a, a group of players together you know like for instance jed steers the cup goalkeeper in inverted yeah. corners if we can get a you know a peripheral squad of players together who are interested who are developing who are you know knocking on the door i think that that's fantastic i really think that when you know if it comes around to, to players needing to swap in or out well you know we know who the decent players are and they match yeah. fit they're sharp you know it's good I'm hoping we get through the Middlesbrough game because I think the more games we have in that cup, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm not too sure that Middlesbrough will be particularly up for it necessarily. You know, I've read some of the local press reports, and granted, that's only you know local journalists from Teesside, but I think looking their appetite for two trips to Villa Park in the space of a week, you know, league and then cup. Yeah. In their priorities, I don't. It doesn't seem to be massive at all and I think that from Villa's point of view this could be a, a good way of you know blooding more youngsters establishing that as I've just mentioned the second string if you like but also advancing around and then you could get a very interesting draw indeed. Yeah I mean as as we saw when we played West Brom uh, in the Cup and the mm. League both at Villa Park it definitely does help to have those games at home if you play in the same team twice in a, in a week. Well, we've talked about, you know, that, that gal- how it galvanised the squad that year, and that was a dreadful squad, a terrible, terrible football team. Where was but it? Sherwood managed to, yeah, I think, Benteke aside, you know, Delft was sort yeah. of wedged in there. But beyond that, there wasn't a fat lot in my view. And we, how we didn't get relegated that season, I know I'm repeating myself against a podcast a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, but I think if you can carry that winning mentality that winning rhythm you know it goes game to game to game doesn't it you know you beat yeah. Norwich you beat Wigan you don't lose to Bristol that's your momentum it's you're not losing exactly and if we can beat Middlesbrough and then we get a draw against Spurs away then at least we go to Wembley fantastic and they don't they don't win there do they <laughs> no they don't and this is a good thing uh, normally you would be saying well we're four games away from Wembley now you're always just as long as Spurs are still in the cup you're only one <laughs> game away from Wembley <laughs> Right, well, uh, we're going to do another podcast where we'll field listener questions uh, rather than have it all in one big long one. Uh, we'll, we wanted to split it up because it's just easier and quicker to get out the podcast that way. Don't forget to help us uh, keep this podcast going by becoming a mom's patron. Go to myormansaid.com and check out patron link and support us that way and also you know if you're listening on itunes review it on itunes and until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him goodbye my old man said away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.